Welcome to Piano Writers and Works. My name is Holly Harland and in today's episode is Beethoven, the New Testament, part one. Ludwig van Beethoven, baptised December 17th, 1770, in Bonn. Beethoven was the eldest surviving child of Johann and Maria Magdalena van Beethoven. Beethoven's grandfather, who had first settled in Bonn, became a singer in the choir of the Archbishop Elector of Cologne. He eventually rose to become Kalpermeister. Like most 18th century musicians, Beethoven was born into the profession. Though at first quite prosperous, the Beethoven family became steadily poorer with the death of his grandfather in 1773 and the decline of his father into alcoholism. By age 11, Beethoven had to leave school. At 18, he was a breadwinner of the family. This is a person who earns money to support the family, typically the sole incomer. Having observed in his eldest son the signs of a talent for the piano, Johann tried to make Ludwig a child prodigy like Mozart, but did not succeed. If you've not already listened to it, I recommend Classical Child Prodigy, which we discuss what it means to be a child prodigy. It was not until his adolescence that Beethoven began to attract mild attention. A core organist, Christian Gottlob Neef, became Beethoven's teacher. Neef schooled Beethoven in both piano playing and basic composition, introducing him to the works of J.S. Bach, especially the well-tempered clavier, and C.P. Bach and Mozart. Although somewhat limited as a musician, Neef was nonetheless a man of high ideals and wide culture, a man of letters as well as a composer of songs and light theatrical pieces. And it was to be through Neve that Beethoven in 1783 would have his first surviving composition, Nine Variations on the March of Dresler, published at Mannheim. By June 1782, Beethoven had become Neve's assistant as court organist. In 1783, he was also appointed continuer player to the Bonn Opera. By 1787, he had made such progression that Maximilian Francis, Archbishop Elector since 84, was persuaded to send him to Vienna to study with Mozart. The visit was cut short when, after a short time, Beethoven received the news of his mother's death. According to tradition, Mozart was highly impressed with Beethoven's powers of improvisation and told some friends that this young man will make a great name for himself in the world. No reliable account of Beethoven's first trip to Vienna survives. However, for the next five years, Beethoven remained in Bonn. To his other court duties was added that of playing viola in the theatre orchestra, and although the Archbishop for the time being showed him no further mark or special favour, he was beginning to make valuable acquaintances. Through Waldstein again, Beethoven was invited to compose a funeral ode for soloists, chorus and orchestra, but the scheduled performance was cancelled because the wind players found certain passages too difficult. 
But in 1790, another great composer had seen and admired them. That year, Haydn. Passing through Bonn on his way to London, was renowned by the elector and his musical establishment. When shown Beethoven's score, he was sufficiently impressed by it to the offer to take Beethoven as a pupil when he returned from London. Beethoven accepted Haydn's offer, and in the autumn of 1792, while the armies of the French Revolution were storming into the Rhineland provinces, Beethoven left Bonn never to return. Like other composers of his generation, Beethoven was subject to the influence of popular music and of folk music, influences particularly strong in the Waldstein ballet music of 1790 and in several of his early songs and unison choruses. Heavy Rhineland dance rhythms can be found in many of his mature compositions, but he could integrate other local idioms as well, Italian, French, Slavic and even Celtic. Like all pianists of the late 18th century, Beethoven was raised on the sonatas and teachers of Karl Wirth and Bach, the chief advocate of expressive music at the time when music was regarded as the art of pleasing sounds. These sonatas with their quirks of rhythms and harmony and the occasional wordless recitative were equally familiar to Haydn and Mozart, but in Beethoven they evoked a much wider response not only for reasons of temperament, but also because of the electoral climate in which he himself was reared. In such a movement, music took on new importance as an art of feeling. The sharp conflicts of mood that characterise the sonatas of C.P. Bach appear much more powerfully again in Beethoven. To Beethoven, feeling was as important in practice as it was in theory to his master Neef who proclaimed it the only condition of artistic value. Moreover, for those who claim Beethoven as a romantic, this emphasis on feeling is paramount. Beethoven produced 32 piano sonatas between 1795 to 1822 and had been described as the New Testament of piano literature, with Bach's The World Temper Clavier being the Old Testament. This title has been given by Hans von Bolo, who was the first person to perform them all in a single concert cycle. The reason for them being the New Testament, unlike sonatas produced by Scarlatti, is that they are suited to concert hall performances with each one being different and for the new piano technology. The sonatas were Beethoven's laboratory and the piano was his instrument. It was in these pieces that he composed and performed his musical ideas. In the beginning, still influenced by Haydn and Mozart, later came his romantic awakening, which he poured into some of his sonatas by the early 1800s. Finally, there were works helped change the course of music language for the next hundred years, emotionally and spiritually. The sheer force of Beethoven's work drove piano manufacturers to improve their product. They were forced to create instruments that could withstand this playing. And by the time the last three sonatas were produced in the 1820s, the word innovation seemed inadequate to describe what the composer had accomplished. He had transformed the sonata, the instrument and music in general. 
Liszt, towards the end of his life, noted of the pianos of Beethoven's era that they had been built to light. By the late 1870s, the pianos of which Liszt played and taught Beethoven's sonatas, influenced no doubt by his own teacher, had become considerably larger and more rough than those for which Beethoven had conceived his music. The enormous tension of the strings across an expanded range of more than seven octaves requires significant resistance from an internal cast iron frame or tension rods. In turn, those strings, some of them in the base of considerable mass, need a great force from the piano's hammers to set them vibrating and sounding with the volume required to penetrate a large auditorium. So the hammers needed to be large too, and this influenced the hammer action and the resistance of the keys against the player's fingers. Such scaling up of the most important ingredients of the grand piano's mechanism remains true of the modern instrument on which Beethoven is most commonly performed today. But when Beethoven had first exploded onto the Viennese musical scene in the 1780s, the comparatively fragile pianos on which he demonstrated his ability as virtuoso performer and composer almost never stretched beyond five octaves. By 1800 or so, five and a half or six octaves were not unusual, and by the time Beethoven finished writing piano music in the 1820s, six and a half octaves were quite common. So obviously there's a big expansion, especially looking at Bach being Old Testament, because obviously there was the use of it being on harpsichord, being a narrower instrument compared to Beethoven being the New Testament, and the piano as an instrument being expanded, and for him to be one of the masters as well. So Bach was the first master to make what was our first sort of standard knowledge of the piano of what would become the piano and then Beethoven taking it the next step. Perhaps in the most famous instance is found at the start of his moonlit sonata marked Sempre Senza Sardinia. As so often in early Beethoven this counter initiative marking means always with pedal namely without the dampers touching the strings, allowing them to ring on, deliberately blurring the sound. This movement lacks expressive force. It absolutely relies on the potential of a particular mechanical feature of the instrument, but Beethoven does not intend that the pedal is depressed at the start and never released until the final chord has ceased, rather that the player uses it consistently and with musical intelligence. Shortly after Beethoven's death, a well-known music critique named Ludwig Rellstab made the comment that the first movement sounded like moonlight shining upon Lake Lushan. That comment caught fire and within a decade it was already being published as Moonlight Sonata. I personally think that the title helps when piano works are labelled by numbers and having very similar titles. So Moonlight Sonata 
is known as Piano Sonata Number no. 14 in C sharp minor, Op 27 Number no. 2. It's quite long and wordy compared to Moonlight Sonata, especially to those that are not musicians themselves.
What is unusual about this sonata is the tempo choices. Usually sonatas are fast, slow, fast, with the slow movement placed in the middle. The first and last movement are always quick and brisk. But Beethoven goes slow, medium, fast in this sonata, which was very unusual and a testament to his rule breaking. He enjoyed saving the most important movement for last and did so in other sonatas. The first movement of Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven is the one that most people are familiar with. Throughout the movement, we have a rhythmic ostinato, Beethoven's triplet pattern that continues without fail throughout the entire movement. This gives the piece a rolling feeling. It feels as though it is swaying back and forth. The first movement is in a weird version of sonata. It incorporates the exposition with a first and second subject. The development section is really short, which sets it apart from other more regular sonatas. We usually expect the development section to take the theme from the exposition and spend time twisting them around or redeveloping or inverting or change with rhythms or ease but Beethoven doesn't go there this part is almost like a short bridge then moving back into the recapitulation where the first theme and second theme are brought back but with the second theme being in a different key the second time around and the movement ends with the coda there are many discussions on whether Beethoven's works are classical or romantic. I like to believe that he was the bridge between the two musical genres, as when I was first taught music, classical was formed into the Viennese trio, Haydn, Mozart and Beethoven. Beethoven definitely is a classical musician, with following classical music but with the added twist of not following all classical traditions like the example mentioned in Moonlight Sonata where not following the complete route of sonata form. He was pushing boundaries of piano music leading to his contemporaries to create what is romantic style of music in the classical umbrella. The pathetique was so visionary compared to other compositions from the classical period that it led the way for the more emotional charge music written in the Romantic period. Beethoven wrote the pathetique just as he was started to lose his hearing and he struggled to come to terms with this loss. His disability brought about depression but this frustration moved him to write more emotional pieces of music. He follows the conventional sonata form, the first movement being fast, grave, allegro di molto e combrio, and the second being a slow adagio cantabile, ending with the third movement being fast, allegro rondo. The name pathetique is due to the tragic expressive nature of the music. The piece features extreme dynamics and pitch as well as virtuosity. Now some of those key words would be associated with 
romanticism rather than classicism. The ferocious opening C minor chord tells us everything we need to know about the piece, which follows. Throughout the first movement's introduction, notice the way Beethoven plays with tension and resolution. Just as we're lured into gratification, we can hit with another jarring surprise. Romanticism is about the drama of the moment, and this introduction draws us into each moment, chord by chord. Beethoven is well known for making the first steps towards romanticism because of his adventures in harmony, structural complexity and rhythm. Beethoven's eighth piano sonata fits the classical form of the sonata with a few twists thrown in, mainly the introduction material and its reoccurrences before the development and coda. A classical sonata has two main themes that make up the exposition a development where the main material is placed in different settings and then a recap of the main theme. There are many themes throughout the sonata which Beethoven was talented at creating. Thank you all for listening to Piano Writers and Works. Don't forget to follow on social media at hrh.music on Instagram and TikTok to get the exclusive behind the scenes. See you all in the next episode. Bye.